0: Our scripture this morning comes from the letter to the Colossians chapter one, verses 9 through 10 and 15 through 20. Paul writes, "For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, as you bear fruit in every good work." and as you grow in the knowledge of God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, today we think about growing in the knowledge of God. We happen to live in a moment of time, sometimes blessed and sometimes not so blessed, where there is no shortage of access to knowledge. Now, around the church, my computer skills, or lack thereof, are legendary. (laughs) But I do know how to do one thing. I know how to Google stuff. And I thought I would Google and try to get a perspective on just how much information, how much knowledge is out there that we can access right now. It's interesting. Anybody want to venture a guess how many websites there were in April of 2022? 1.17 billion. Want to guess how many web pages there are? 50 billion (laughs) that means that there's 252,000 new websites a day 10,500 new websites an hour 175 new websites a minute and three new websites a second that's a lot of information and I'm sure some of it is useful There's nothing to stop us these days from knowing about just about anything. And we seek knowledge for many reasons across the years of our lives. I was always a curious kid. And so I developed a love for reading and I never outgrew it. I have a home uh, office that's full of books. I have an office here that's full of books. I love to learn new things. And something wonderful happened in the 1990s. An author named Patricia Cornwell began writing novels about how the medical examiner helps solve crime. I loved all those books. I read all those books. It introduced this forensic stuff to the masses. And if that was not enough, if it couldn't get any better, in the year 2000, CSI came to television. So I was in paradise. I could read books about what they do and then watch a TV version as they did it. Well, around the year 2001 or two, the deacon at our church was also a professor at the neighboring college. And she mentioned to me, that she was going to offer an online class through the St. Louis University School of Medicine titled, Medical Legal Death Investigation. Well, my nerd level went to DEFCON 5. It was exciting. I'm in. So I registered. I paid my tuition. I did my work late at night after I was finished doing all my church work. And when I finished and passed the course... I got the shirts, the shirts that said, St. Louis University School of Medicine, medical legal death investigation course. Well, I made a habit of wearing those shirts when I traveled because it was fun to watch people's reactions. It's amazing how it cuts down on chatty neighbors on the airplane when they read your shirt saying death investigation. There's a lot of whispered conversations and hushed tones. On one trip, I was in the uh, rental car shuttle going from the airport to pick up my car. And there were two people sitting across from me. And I could tell they were reading my shirt. And they whispered back and forth. And finally, one of them worked up the courage to say, what is that? And I jumped right in, launched into a long description of what medical legal death investigators do. Well, they were a little stunned and a little wild-eyed. And the other said, Is that what you do for a living? I said, No, that's just my hobby. There was stunned silence until one of them asked, well, What do you do for a living? I said, I'm a United Methodist pastor. And that was the end of the conversation. But sometimes in our lives, we are on a search for knowledge for reasons much more important than curiosity or amusement. Sometimes we search for knowledge that will open up doors and opportunities for us in our life and in our career. Sometimes we search for knowledge that'll help us conquer an illness or disease and get our life back. Sometimes we seek knowledge because we want to become a more well-rounded person so that we can love our neighbors who are different from us more fully. And sometimes we search for knowledge so that we can find a deeper meaning and a deeper purpose. And a deeper direction for our life. Jesuit theologian Carl Rahner writes Knowing God is more important than knowing about God. That's an important distinction, isn't it? We can add to our knowledge about God by memorizing Bible verses, by learning all the details of dogma, and doctrine of a particular denomination. We can know about God and add to our knowledge about God by mastering the language that makes us sound very spiritual when we talk to others about God. But this is not growing in the knowledge of God the way our text intends. Paul and Timothy are talking about Knowing God, not knowing about God. They believe if you want to know God, you look to Jesus. Jesus, they say, is the way to know God. Paul describes himself in another place in the Bible. As a Hebrew of the Hebrews, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, blameless according to the law, he knew he knew a lot about God. But then one day he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And his life was changed because he began to know God. Not just know about God. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, he writes. It's hard to know a God you can't see. And that's why we tend to make idols and images of God. The Jews forbade that practice because they knew that we have a tendency to create God in our image when we do that. But Jesus, they say, is a living Breathing image of God. The God who created all the universe is right there in that life and in that love. In Jesus, Paul writes, The fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, making peace through the blood of the cross. Isn't that amazing? In other words, to see Jesus is to see God. To hear Jesus' words is to hear the voice of God. To observe Jesus as He heals and loves and forgives and accepts and includes others is to see the very work of God. In the world. That's quite a claim. Isn't it? Think about that. For a moment. We do not have to wonder. Who God is. We don't have to wonder what God is like. What God does. Or what God wants us to do. We can know God. In Jesus Christ. And better yet. We can live in the grace of knowing that in Jesus Christ, God knows us. Pastor Francis Chan writes these words. The greatest knowledge we can ever have is knowing God treasures us. Isn't that beautiful? That's what Paul is saying. When he says, All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus, and God was pleased to reconcile all things to God. God treasures us, and God loves us. You want to grow in the knowledge of God? Look to Jesus. You want to grow in the knowledge of God? Follow Jesus. You want to grow in the knowledge of God? Trust Jesus. You want to grow in the knowledge of God? Love Jesus back. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.